Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox, an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Healthful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman. Today, we'll be speaking with Dr. Michelle Santoyo. Michelle, welcome. Hi. <laughs> nice to have you here on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm very good. Thank you. Yourself? I'm great. Thank you. So Michelle is a OBGYN. She's a physician at Maternal Fetal Medicine Associates with us in New York City. She does general gynecology. She does prenatal care. She does deliveries. And Michelle joined us about a year and a half ago. Michelle, tell us, where were you beforehand? Tell me where you were practicing and where you trained and whatnot. Before this, I was in private practice out in Great Neck, Long Island, and I was there for just shy of nine years. And then before that, I was doing my residency at North Shore in Manhasset. So you've been in Long Island for a long time. Yes, I have. But not no longer. I moved into the city. She's a city doctor now. Yes, I walk to work. It's great. That is, yes, <laughs> Michelle is very close to the hospital, which comes in handy if you're an obstetrician. Four blocks, yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then where, where did you grow up? I grew up, I would say, in two places. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, lived there for about seven years before I moved out to the West Coast, Seattle, Washington. And your family is still there, right? My parents and my sisters are out there, and then the rest of my family is in Puerto Rico, yes. Right. That's why Michelle has to do a lot of airplane travel to visit. She, yeah. she accumulates a lot of miles, which is nice. And so now that you're in New York City in our practice, tell us what it's like practicing in New York City. Similar out to Long Island, I think ultimately it's women, mostly working women, who are looking to try to find a balance between their family life, their relationships, and their health. Yeah, I find that I've been practicing pretty much my whole career in New York City. One of the interesting things about New York City is not only do you have women who live in New York City, but there's so many women who come to New York City for their health care, either because they work there and it's just more convenient or for whatever reason. And we have women who come from New Jersey and that's all the way south to all the way north, Long Island, Westchester, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, wherever it is. And so we get a pretty good mix of people, even though we're in one area in New York City. I would agree with that. Absolutely. Yes. What most people might not know about Michelle without meeting her is she is one of the most personable people uh, you're going to run into. She greets you with a big smile. And after you meet her for about four seconds, she doesn't let you call her Dr. Santoyo anymore. She is Michelle. Yes. I introduce myself to all patients as Michelle Santoyo. And afterwards, I always say you can call me Michelle. And how many of the patients would you say continue to call you Michelle? I would say about 98%. The other 2% will at the very least then say, well, let me at least call you Dr. Michelle. And I said, okay, fine. That's my compromise. It's an interesting thing of whether uh, people are or are not on first name basis with their doctor and different people do it differently. How did you come to that decision that that's how you wanted the relationship to be? Well, even when I was in residency, I would always refer to myself as I'm Michelle Santoyo. And then I would say whether I was my first year or my chief year of residency just to describe myself. But ultimately, once I graduated from residency, moved into private practice, I just still felt it was awkward to say Dr. So-and-so. In the end, I think identify myself more as I'm Michelle Santoyo. And so when I started walking into rooms, I just was still saying the same thing. And I think that caught on with patients. It's interesting. I introduce myself to patients as doctor. Like I usually say I'm doctor. I don't say Dr. Nathan Fox because actually nobody calls me Nathan. I either I used to say I'm Dr. Nady Fox because everyone calls me Nady, but then no one could understand what I was saying. So I would have to say, 
like Katie with an N, but that was just too many words. So then I started introducing myself as Dr. Nate Fox. And after that, I totally leave it to the patients. I would say probably most of them will refer to me back as Dr. Fox, and some of them refer to me as Nate, and I certainly don't care either way. It's perfectly fine. I would tell people that calling me Dr. Fox is sort of odd. I would say, that's not me, that's my father. But interestingly, my father also doesn't really get referred to as Dr. Fox, he's Jack. And so maybe his father, who was also a physician, was Dr. Fox. Uh, But that's always an interesting dynamic. And there aren't really rules for this. Some people are very strict that you have to be doctor, and some people are very strict in the other way. And also with patients, some want to be called by their first name, some don't. It's an interesting dynamic trying to figure out how to develop that relationship with people. I think ultimately also as I speak to patients, I'll even refer to myself as Michelle. And I think people- Like in the third person? You see Michelle thinks this? No, not not, not (laughs) in that way. They just catch on. I just think it comes natural. It's an open conversation anyways with a patient. Now, if they may at first may still refer to me in a particular way, but usually by the second or third visit, now they've relaxed a little bit and they'll refer to me more as Michelle. And I know that when you decided to join our practice, there are so many people I know who live on Long Island and said, oh my God, Dr. Santoyo, Michelle, she's joined your practice. You're so lucky. Everybody uses her. Everybody knows her. And then in fact, when you came over, so many of your patients who it was not convenient for them to come to the city still came over to follow you because they had such a great relationship with you. That must be very meaningful. It's humbling at the same time. Yes, for sure. I mean, it feels good. Yes. (laughs) It's definitely well-deserved. Michelle has a great relationship with her patients for many reasons. One of them is her personality, obviously, and another of them is your expertise as well. And I think just your your general relaxed and friendly nature with people comes off. People, people see that and people appreciate that. How does that translate sometimes if you're, let's say, you're with someone in labor or there's something a little more stressful that comes up or a little more complex where it's not as easy to be you know, laid back and relax and whatnot. How, how do you sort of play that balance? I mean, ultimately, my job as a physician is still to educate the patient as to what's happening at that time, if we're talking about labor and what their options are. I think it's just, you know, a different tone will be carried. Patient usually catches on to it and they know that they're listening and then making a decision for themselves, telling me what their concerns are so then I can address it. And then sometimes things are just relaxed in labor. We're just waiting to dilate a little bit more, whatever it may be. So now you can have a more casual conversation with the patient. So there's just a time and a place for everything. Right. Plus once they see sort of the shift yes, on your they face will. from, yes, from they will. Michelle the happy-go-lucky to Michelle the serious, they know, yes. oh, I, I need to pay attention here. Some, yes. Something's going on. Yes. People usually know when I mean business and then whenever it's time to play. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell our listeners, what do you do when you're not practicing medicine? You're not on the labor floor. What kind of things you like to do in your spare time? If you have any spare time. <laughs> I do. I have, I have spare time. I would say there's three main things I enjoy doing. One is anything that involves with health or exercise. So either I'm going for runs in the park or I go to my local CrossFit gym. And then the other one is just meeting up with friends and trying out different restaurants in the city. I'm a big foodie. And lastly, traveling. So whether it's traveling to see my family or traveling to see a new part of the world. So let's talk about the first. I call Michelle Wonder Woman because she is notoriously very impressive running and in the gym and lifting. And you're a power lifter, right? I do Olympic weightlifting. Actually, I do. (laughs) 
So she's she's very fit. She's very strong. And do you do that mostly because it's for your own health or is it something you've been doing a long time or is it a stress relief or what is the main reason that you that you got someone to exercise? I mean, exercise, I would say I've been doing it pretty much all my life. If it's CrossFit specifically over probably the last wow, four, maybe five years now. For me, it's my mental sanity. It's my way to escape when I'm in the gym for an hour. My only goal is to focus on form technique. And so I I can't think about anything else. So it's kind of gives me some mental clarity. Also, if I'm ever tired, you know, I may be walking in thinking, why am I here? I'm so tired. I should be napping. And yet I'll leave the gym with way more energy than I did walking into it. So it just keeps my day going. And I love it. And the people there too are great. So it also gives you the opportunity to be a foodie. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> then I have an excuse to then go out for eat, go out and have some pasta. Yes. Yes. I, I feel the same way. I also, when I'm exercising, uh, I usually do it first thing in the morning. I know you frequently do it at the end of the day at different used times. To. <laughs> I I used to do two workouts in the morning. Now oh my God. I now I'll do them both in the evening. Yes. Right. So I usually do it in the morning. And for me, I totally agree that I have more energy the days I exercise. And if let's say I don't get a chance to exercise that day, I just feel sluggish. sluggish. Yep. Yep. 100%. (laughs) And then also it's definitely, it's an amazing escape, uh, whether I'm swimming and it's literally silence other than the splashing because there's no talking or anything and there's no music. Usually when I run, I stop listening to music. I either run alone and it's sort of like meditative or I run with a friend and maybe we'll talk a little bit, but not much. Or yoga, which is the same way. Yoga is actually the most interactive, amazingly, because there's a teacher talking to the whole time. So there's a little more uh, communication going on. But it's really an amazing mental escape. And I think that people don't always uh, recognize how valuable that is to mental health. Yes, And there's so many studies on this that physical exercise of course is good for physical health but is so good for mental health and it's a great way for people having a tough week or whatever it is for mood starting a real exercise regimen helps maybe that's why you're so smiley all the time (laughs) you're big you're big exercise i just yeah i love it even when i travel i'll go to a crossfit gym barcelona paris wherever it is that i've been and then it's great because then you actually meet people and then they give you also a free shirt so i love it too my collection of (laughs) of crossfit gyms in different parts of the world (laughs) and is this because everyone you see people from all walks of life different places different ages different different ages and they're doing Mm -hmm. the same thing um yes it's yeah everyone has their little communities i like know my swimming community and i know my running community and the yoga people and they're very different uh from each other (laughs) but within that group they're the same and is this something that you use in terms of speaking with women about their own health and about uh, just their general, again, physical health, mental health? Do you bring in your own exercise experience? Sometimes, yes, I would say it depends in what context. So we're talking about an obstetrical patient. So someone who's pregnant, she may start having some concerns about what she can and cannot be doing in the gym. So we can go over specifics. I'll even give them specific workouts that they can and cannot do. Um, and modifications. And then for my GYN patients, sometimes it's not so much about exercise as it is just trying to get people motivated just to be active about doing something or anything. Um, And then also diet, which is, I think, a big thing, which I hate using that word because I call it more a lifestyle change. But Nutrition. Yeah, nutrition. (laughs) Yes. Just to get people to the goals that they want to be at. Right. But I do think it's very important, obviously, to go over these things. When I talk with women about them, I think that when you have that connection with somebody, 
that let's say they're already exercising on their own, you know, they were doing something or they're trying to eat certain types of foods or watch their calories or whatever it might be when you can connect with them on a personal level and say, oh yeah, I totally get it. And when I try to run is this or whatever, Mm -hmm. or to say, oh, that's so interesting. Like I never tried that. I think it helps them realize that it's not just something you're doing on a checklist. You know, sometimes you go through, oh, you got to cover A, B, C, and D. And it, you know, maybe doesn't get emphasized, but these things are so important. And when you're speaking about them on a personal level, I think it does add some motivation. It's not only the idea that you're quote unquote setting an example. I just think that it it's obvious to them how much you value it and what it means to you. And therefore they recognize how important it is that, you know, you're a physician and you this is so important to you that they should really, you know, continue to do it or consider it if they're yeah. not doing it already. Yeah. No, I totally agree. In terms of your practice right now, what percentage would you say is pregnancy versus non-pregnancy currently? I would say right now, the majority of the patients I see are pregnant. Probably, I would say 70 to 80% is obstetrics. Is that how it was in Long Island as well? No. I was seeing closer, I would say, to 50, 60, or maybe 60, 40. In which direction? 60, 40, still obstetrics. Right. So it shifted, a, it shifted or, a little. Yeah, to more obstetrics from GYN, yes. Yes. Some of that, I think, is in our obstetrical practice number one, it's busy. We have a, a yeah. lot of women who come through. And number two, since it's quote unquote, a high risk practice, exactly. not all, but a lot of the women who come through, come through so many more times. Yeah. Uh, but that's generally just a volume thing. I know that you have said multiple times how much you love doing general gynecology I love, and, yeah, I and general health yes. and you know well woman's exams and whatnot. And many of the patients who came uh, and follow you are your gynecology patients. Yes, <laughs> yes. For your annual for their annual visits, yeah. you must take care of women from when they're teens until their whole life. Yeah, and I love also taking care of the entire family. So I've had situations where I've had I take care of the sisters, their mom, and then the grandmother. You know, you have a conversation with the entire family, which is great. And what's best is when they all come on the same day. So then you're going from one room to the next and then someone's trying to tell you, wait, did you tell so-and-so to do this? Whenever I have mom or grandma trying to like whisper in my ear, tell my granddaughter this. (laughs) So it makes it fun, but yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. And so what would you say that you would give advice to women in terms of when they're looking for a doctor themselves, whether they're pregnant or not pregnant, what are the types of things they should be looking for when seeking someone out. Obviously, people sort of stay either within their insurance plans or geography or whatnot. But if they have choices, what what are the types of things they should look for to find a doctor either within one practice or one practice versus another? Besides finding the obvious of making sure you're finding a physician who's educated and has clinical and surgical expertise. So once we go beyond that obvious... I think you're looking for a physician who you can find a connection with, who you can identify yourself with, someone who you can trust, have a combination of both a friendly rapport to have that relationship and at the same time still be guided from a medical standpoint, be educated on your options and allowing you the opportunity as the patient to choose what option is best for you. And it's basically finding someone you're comfortable with. And in the end, trust your instincts. So if someone feels right to you, they feel right. And if not, then they're not. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, that that's a theme that's come up a lot on this podcast as I speak to physicians is this idea of the relationship and trust and how important that is. 
Absolutely. Not just in general for sort of the experience of going to the doctor, which is nice, but it's also really affects your healthcare. And to be able to find a physician who you trust and you like and you have a relationship with and you feel comfortable talking to can really be the difference between maybe speaking up about something that's important or maybe understanding something uh, that you wouldn't have otherwise. And it's different for different people. Some people are more comfortable someone who's quiet or serious and others are more comfortable someone who's gregarious and maybe more outgoing. And, and those are all fine, obviously, but it's important to find that person or that group of people that you have that connection with. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, other than coming and getting some blood work and, you know, someone, you know, tapping on your back or whatever it is, you may not get that whole healthful experience, so to speak. Well, and especially also even from an obstetrical standpoint, you know, you're talking about 10 months of a pregnancy that you're going to be seeing someone on a more regular basis. And then when the time comes to go into labor, if you have that relationship, now it can also be fun. I mean, yes, labor is serious and delivery can be serious, but it could also be lots of fun. In the end, it's a birthday party. That's what I always tell patients because it is. So, you know, you also have to celebrate it. And why would you want to celebrate it with someone you don't really like versus someone you actually like? <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. And it's a pleasure to talk to you always. And it's I'm, I'm very lucky to get to work with you on a daily basis, obviously, and to get to know you. And also, of course, for your patients who just simply adore you. Thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman podcast. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www.healthfulwoman.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L-W-O-M-A-N.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com. Have a great day. The information discussed in Healthful Woman is intended for educational uses only. It does not replace medical care from your physician. Healthful Woman is meant to expand your knowledge of women's health and does not replace ongoing care from your regular physician or gynecologist. We encourage you to speak with your doctor about specific diagnoses and treatment options for an effective treatment plan.